You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the show. Well, uh, this week, Apple announced that they made squillions and squillions of monies. Lots and lots of monies. Um, no big surprise there, really. Um, we will talk about that a little bit, but I think, on the whole, if you're interested in that sort of thing, there are people who are far more knowledgeable than us. Um, I've got a link to uh, a Mac Stories uh, page with graphs that uh, help you understand what it all meant. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but we won't take up too much of the show with that. Um, other things to talk about. Uh, I have with me Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. Good to be back again to Jolly talk good. about the old Apple news. <laughs> and I have James. Hello, Jim. Oh, dear. All right. So, um, before I go any further, last week I forgot to mention it, so I must mention it. Don't forget, everybody, Oliver Breedenbach gave us two one-year subscriptions to the new Photo Magico for iPad to give away. Um, if you haven't emailed in for your chance to win one of those subscriptions, do it now, because next week we'll draw the names out of the hat. Very good. And thank you to Oliver for that generous gift. Um. Okay, well, shall we press on? Um, let's start with the earnings. Um, Apple made lots of money. Um, what was it we, we uh, said? Was it 90-something? 90 91.8 billion 90? revenue. Oh, it makes you cry, doesn't it? Um, there we go. Uh, best quarter ever, again, apparently. Um, well, what what to say? I mean, um, if you're interested in that, I say, uh, yeah, you know, if you're really interested in all that, yeah, do go to the uh, link in the show notes. I've got um, a link to Apple's own uh, report, and um, as I said, a Mac Stories uh, story that has lots of graphs that help you to understand what it all means. Um, I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming some of these figures are approximated. Because Apple don't publish these figures, do they? So um, it's got things like 61% was iPhone. Um, I think um, Apple do break out the revenues, but they don't. They no longer give numbers for actual. Ah, uh, right. So uh, they. Sorry, yes, revenue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't well, break. That was, probably that's the biggest seller as well. <laughs> yeah, still. Just by the sheer fact that so many. Um, so yeah, revenue by product. As iPhone was the biggest, and then services was the second biggest, fourteen percent, mm -hmm. and closely followed and by Mac, other. Yeah, yes, other is eleven percent. But that's presumably the watch. And well, that's the watch, the AirPods, and a few other bits and pieces. Um, Mac eight yeah. percent. Uh, not bad. That's still pretty healthy. Still pretty healthy. Isn't it? Pretty yeah. healthy. Um, and the iPad six percent. Um, there we go. Uh. <sighs> Like I say, if you're interested in that sort of thing, probably the best place to go is the Mac Stories with lots of, you know, graphs yes, that it's help got pretty, you. Pretty graphs. Yeah, pretty yeah. graphs that help you understand what it all means. Uh, what it actually means, well, as, as far as I can I tell, is they made buckets of money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to say, it might be more interesting next year uh, to compare the, the, the money they've made uh, with the changes to the, the uh, MacBook range. 
Yes. Because you know, they've tried the keyboard and they're slightly faster. And, oh, yeah, know, that's true. The Johnny Ives away and the, the thinness design side of it is going away. Uh, you see my jumping profits. Well, you could, you could with, see all sorts of things. I, you're, you're quite right. I think it could be... You're, you're also pre-Mac Mac Pro as well, the new Mac Pro. Yes. Um, so we're, we're, we're seeing what happened over the last year. We haven't seen what's going to happen with all the new things coming in this year. It might be quite a jumping profits. I suspect mm-hmm. the next quarter will probably be more, um, possibly more interesting from mm-hmm. that point of view. I agree because, yeah, I I doubt in this quarter that the um the new laptop, the Mac Pro, and so on, are probably haven't really started to filter through. So, is that the for the end of last year? Yeah, it's not this quarter because we're still in the quarter. So I well, the, the, Apple's Apple's yeah. qu- Apple's quarters are a bit strange, but um, are they? Are they? technically this is the end of uh, Q1 2020 mm-hmm. for Apple. Um. That's not like uh, you know September to December. No, or is that they're different? Uh, are they? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't exactly know. Their quarters are a bit weird. By I mean, they're just. It's all about financial I, I, analysis, really, isn't it? It's not. Um, either way, they could afford to give us a bit more data for free. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, iCloud. Come on, Apple. Give us something worthwhile. That's <laughs> true. It would it would be well, nice if five um, gig, yeah five gig I know certain things don't count but yeah realistically mm. come on it's about time they up that to something <laughs> sensible yeah. there we are Apple is Apple and whether or not they will give us anything um is uh you know highly debatable um right so uh I've got a story from Engadget which kind of ties into that and we were talking about six percent there for the iPad Apple Amazon uh rare bright spots in a shrinking tablet market um basically um everybody else is pretty much you know in decline um i've got i, th- I uh, think we've been sa- i think we've been saying for a while haven't we that um ipads are a little bit like iMacs you don't tend to buy them every year and therefore i mean i've had mine um i've got the original 12.9 inch iMac and that must be 3 years old now yeah um, oh yeah i um, think and it's still going strong, and I have no intention of replacing it at the moment because it's it's fine, and I don't need to. And I think probably that's true of a lot of people. So the market isn't going to continue to grow. On well, I mean, we know it doesn't. We know it's quite a small market. Um, uh, sorry, it's quite a small share of Apple's sales now. But that's inevitable, really, because you know people get these things and then they hang on to them for, for ages. Well, yeah, I mean, because they, they're, they're good pieces of kit and they keep working. They keep going. They get I mean, I. <laughs> The first iPad we bought um, was the iPad 2, so, uh, you know, literally the second gen. Um, And that kept going all the way through to iOS 9. Um, And, well, it it finally started to get a bit creaky. You know, it reached the point where it it wasn't really viable for a lot of stuff. Um, But, I mean, that went, well, that must have gone seven years or something before it, you know, became almost unusable. Um, you can still play a few games and things on it. Um, touch screen is getting a bit flaky now. So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the vast majority of people just use. I mean, I use it for some specific things, but on the whole, it's just a consumption device. It, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, we tend to hear people talk about consumption devices as if that's a bad thing, but the fact is, it isn't. It's really useful. And uh, as I was saying before the show, um, it tends to sit by me. And you know, if I lose interest in what's going on on the TV, I'll pick up my iPad and perhaps play a game of Scrabble or. <laughs> It's great. It's just just fair and useful. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think most people uh, when they look at tablets, it's the iPad to look at uh, rather than anything else. I mean, I, I, I don't. I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen an Amazon tablet anywhere. You know, uh, outside in the. Sh- well, the thing world. with the the thing with the Amazon tablets is, of course, that they're they're cheap. Aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't see any in sale anywhere. Uh, well, I don't go to PC, PC World and all that, so maybe, they, maybe they'll. No, I, I think there. pretty much if you want an Amazon Fire, go to Amazon and buy one there because mm-hmm. you know, I mean they're usually thirty-five to fifty pound. Mm-hmm. Um, they do some bigger ones, but um, you know. Um, I think most people just, when they talk about tablet, they think iPad. And that's I, what most folk go for. Um, I, I think very much so. Um, mm-hmm. They've captured the market. I did see um, a breakdown, um, and I'll have to try and find it, because this link I've put in here is not the uh, not the one I was thinking of. Um, apparently, iPads hold about 34% of the tablet market, um, and uh, Samsung have about 15%. And then the others are kind of, you know, way behind. Um, it's also quite interesting that Samsung and uh, the other, you know, Android tablet makers um, hold a much bigger market share, you know, in, in the in the East. So China and yeah. um, Korea and, and so on than um, than they do in the West. The, you know, the iPad seems to be very, very popular. That's, you know, um, the, the difference is the reports I've seen is that um, despite that, you know, the all the Android tablets, their sales are still declining, whereas the iPad appears to be um, growing, if not by a huge mm. amount, I think it's 1% or something, but growth is growth and, you know, shrinkage is shrinkage. There's a, there's a paragraph in here that's quite telling. Uh, it says... Uh... The researchers didn't explain why the Blick world contracted over the course of the whole year, but its fourth quarter data offered some clues. Apple was particularly aggressive in updating tablets in 2019, and its lower-cost models were particularly successful. The 10.2-inch iPad reportedly representing almost 65% of Apple's shipment. Also, I think the mobile phone is placing tablets in many, to many of you know, people. For some people, uh, yeah. Last, last screen phones do the job. Yeah, uh, maybe so. Yeah. I think I think that's um, that's possibly true. I mean, my wife had a you know iPad Mini um, three, I think, and and you know, as I've said on this show, for Christmas I bought her a ten point two inch uh, new iPad because the you know the Mini was getting a little bit long in the tooth, um, and uh, you know a replacement Mini was not as high spec as the <laughs> as the ten point two and cost more money. So um, you know. Th- the yeah, iPad some people is... don't want to spend a thousand pounds on a tablet. No, no, uh, no, no, absolutely. People, no, they're no. going to go for the cheapest model they can go for. So it'll either be a basic model iPad or an Amazon tablet, a thing fine one. Um, yeah. But I've noticed one thing that's not included in this, well, it's a very cursory remark, and that is the uh, Surface Pro um, line. Are they not classing that as a, a tablet? I. <laughs> 
the, so you've, got the, you've got the Surface Pro, you've got the Surface Go, the Surface Pro Seven. Yeah, which I, are in many ways they are actually tablets. Yeah, computers in a tablet form, but they don't seem to be taking that into account. I, I see more more pros. Yeah, the, than anything else. I think a lot of the, these analysts cl- place the um, place the Surface mm-hmm. in the PC bracket, particularly you know, especially if they run Windows, then they yeah. treat them as a PC. They don't class them as a as a tablet in the same way as they do the Androids and the iPad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it says at the uh, at the very end of the article, and while Apple and Amazon are pretty sitting, they might not have room to be complacent, lest their rivals, including Windows tablets and convertible makers, figure out winning strategy strategies. <laughs> Can't say that word. Strategies. Well, that, that's a, it, it might be. That's a sort of. That's a sort of. Um, I'd say that doesn't. That's a, a comment that doesn't really mean very much, does it? It's like Ferrari. You know, are selling very well, but they need to watch out in case other supercar manufacturers find out a way to outsell them. It's like, yeah. yeah well, yeah, maybe. Yes, are they likely to? We could see. This year could be the turning point. Um, Apple is going to have some uh, real competition coming in this year because you've got all these new. If you if you ever, if you watch CES, was it CES? What was the show in America? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some of the form factor, you know, uh, double screens and um, uh, you know, you keep a keys that sit on the, the bottom screen to give you the keyboard like you have the iPad. Um, which I think is a much better idea than what the Apple, the Apple has. Uh, and you know, you've got there's quite a lot of things coming along in the market that might actually finally get Apple a win for the money this year. Yeah, that that is true. It's it's tech is a very strange world, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, you can be king one day and out the door the next because um, mm-hmm. it's all about the next big thing that catches on. It always has been. So yeah. Did you be, if you watch some of the stuff that was on uh, YouTube talking about the you know what was shown at the show, um, it's quite an interesting form factor. Or a d- double screen tablet which with a keyboard. Um, it looks more versatile than I, an iPad. I have to say I've seen some you know I have seen some quite interesting um, concepts. Yeah, you can have um, you can have uh, like email on one screen and uh, Word document on some kind of uh, editing program for you know Word on yep. the other, and you've got a cross reference. Unlike Apple's idea where you can you can put two up on the screen, it's a it's a small amount of space in comparison to a two screen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, there's always the other thing is to me it is always use case. Mm-hmm, I can yeah. the iPad is is if you like pretty good at most things for most people but some of these dual screen devices or foldables or whatever my impression is if they're going to strike it big they are more likely to strike it big in like the business environment for people who are actually looking for a laptop replacement um I know there are pl- plenty of people out there who say they use their, you know, their their iPad as a laptop replacement, but often they have to do a lot of work to do it that way. Um, but but then again, I wonder what people were using their laptops for. Were they actually buying the base? Was was fast too powerful for what they wanted? I to think use that you know something I uh, put forward for many years, uh, pretty much ever since. Uh, people, you know, certainly since the internet became a you know, a sort of um, ubiquitous uh, resource is for many years people were buying 
uh, desktops and then laptops in order to do what most people now do on their phone, which is to do their email, to look at YouTube, to mm. browse the net. Um, yeah. And yeah, people were buying laptops to use as internet terminals. And effectively, they're buying massively overspec kit. Um, it's, like, it's like gaming machines. Uh, people buy PCs for gaming when an Xbox or a PS3 would do the job better. But mm. they buy these super powerful computers just to play games on. Yeah, uh, but then again, yeah. the, the, I think some of the people who are into that are—they're mm. as much into it for the mm-hmm. for the building of the kit. Or, you know, uh, the whole, they're into the whole thing. I mean, yeah, gaming rigs are a bit like hot rods, aren't they? It's like... Mm-hmm. Um, they might not get out of spending more money than we, we should on devices. Yeah. We, if, we, if we had the money, you and I would probably go out and buy a Mac Pro or the top of the range iPad Pro. Or, you know, you buy all these devices. Okay, it's kind of future-proofing. It's a long distance in the future as well. Uh, but do we actually need them? Uh, tablets probably do the job that most folk want. Them to use. I, yeah, even, yeah. even a mobile phone is probably the best thing for folk. A yeah. tablet's too, too much. Very much, very much. Although, of course... Um, you can you can buy you can buy yourself an iPad a lot cheaper than you can buy an iPhone. So um, yeah, well, depending on which one you go for, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. there we are. Um, Apple engineers have proposed a way to make using two-factor texts easier. Um, again from Engadget, this one. Um, this is um, what would I call it? Uh, this is a, a a proposed new standard. Um which Apple have put forward, uh, which allows um, a more secure way for you to get a one-time passcode. Um, I mean, traditionally, these are sent to you by SMS, um, and you know you then put that code into whatever it is you're on. Um, Apple have put forward a proposal designed to make this process easier and more secure. It has two objectives. The first is to come up with a way for one-time passcode messages to be associated with the URL. This can be done easily enough by including the login URL within the message itself. Um, And the second is to standardise the format of two-factor authentication so that browsers and mobile apps can automatically read the code and extract it to the appropriate website without user interaction. Um... Why don't they use the uh, face recognition uh, to actually authorize? Something you've got a modern day iPhone, a modern day iPad, you you enter it with your your face scan. So why not two factor that way as well? That's possible, of course. I think um, that would also depend on. you know, whoever you're dealing with, uh, handling that. Uh, Google are apparently on board with this as well. Um, It says here, uh, the ability to pull one-time passcodes from SMS messages has been added to iOS 13, but this proposal, backed by Google engineers, would make it a multi-platform standard for everyone. Uh, With these major tech giants behind this standard and others are likely to follow suit. Um, as they say here, it's hoped by automating the process, users would be less likely to fall victim to scams um, by inadvertently entering codes on phishing sites. If the autocomplete function fails, it will mean there is a mismatch between the actual URL and the website you are attempting to access. So, um, you know, all good. Are they not able to actually um, take, you know, steal the code from a text message? SMS message. Uh, is there not? Is there not some way that people can actually? There, there are. You know, SMS is not fabulously yeah. secure. Uh, that's part so of that I... is part of this. I think the idea with this yeah. is that the 
you know, when you applied for a one-time passcode, instead of simply getting a, you know, a six or eight digit pin to enter on the oh. website, uh, they're saying that the URL that's asking for the one-time passcode could be embedded in the message as well as the code. And that could then be automatically picked up when it comes in. Right. Um, so it's not just a code sent by text. There's also something embedded in that. Yeah. yeah. Relating to the original URL is what they're saying. So that you're, you're authenticating both the URL and um, the fact that you've received the code. So but Then could that not still be stolen like a text message? I think the point is if you stole that, if it, if it, if it, contains an identifier for the original site then mm. you can't use that to you can't use that to log into a fake site because what you know one of the biggest uh, sort of uh, scams that seems to have been picked up with sms is where um you get directed to a fake site it then mm -hmm. asks you to you know to generate um you know a code which you then enter and they're they're using that to steal your details um Anything that makes things easier and more secure is good in my book. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I have to. But this goes back. This goes back to a story we had before about um, security um, last year. That um, what was it? A three D kind of thing. Um, this sounds like a wee kind of stopgap. Yeah. Idea. Well, I think I think the point here is to make it maybe, if you like, as simple as possible by mm. modifying something that everybody does already and simply making right. it more secure. Um, I mean, I must admit, on iOS 13, um, the the ability for, you know, uh, when you get sent a one-time, you know, login passcode, you don't have to go to your messages and copy it and paste it and paste it in. Um, you request a one-time well, passcode, it comes, and the, and the thing will come up, you know, code received from SMS and log yeah. you in. So, I, I did something the other day there I logged into and it asked for the you know the, the third party thing and it sent me a text message. And on this occasion, normally you have to type that code in, the six number code. Uh, but this time around uh, I didn't even copy and paste. It was actually show it came up on the screen as yeah. entered from the, the message I got. Yeah, that's it. So, that's that's yeah. uh you know that's so if, it, if it does that, if it saves you having to copy and paste or okay, uh, that's an improvement, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I mean as they're saying here, you know, Apple have already added it but um if if they make it into this new thing into a standard um, is that the and, same kind of thing is this what we're, yeah. is what we're talking about ah, yeah that's okay. what they're talking about except instead of just only including the code also including a url ah, identifier yeah. um and okay. that would you know if google are on board then basically that means i guess android would adopt it as a standard as well and then everybody would be able to you know use the same mm more secure standard which is a, a good thing i have to say no, i mean no, one of the criticisms of uh, 2fa is that, that people find it too complicated and yes. uh, as you say anything that can make it simpler then all the better for everybody not yes. just uh, ios users no not just for ios or mac users for everybody um you know windows users mac users anything anything that makes you know getting your logins quicker and more secure and yeah. simpler has to be has to be a good thing the, the biggest frustration i have is trying to log into my bank account online um uh, by the time i've finally logged in after many attempts i'm, a, I'm ready to tear my hair out uh, so <laughs> if, it, if it simplifies that i might actually see my hair 
exactly exactly yeah it's got, it, it can get very confusing uh, if i want to add a, a new i'm with a nationwide and if i want to add a new um payee uh you know a regular payment to somebody or even a one-off payment to somebody um i now have to log into the website using my passcode uh a number of digits for passcode and uh, it also sends me a text message which i have to type in and then when i'm into the site i then have to put my credit card into a reader and then take the code off the reader and put that on the website as well and i've i've, I've tried it about two or three so far and i get it wrong so often <laughs> and the, the bank's but it's actually it's actually harder work to actually make set up a payment now than it ever has been don't get me wrong it's also very much more secure but yeah and the, and the banks wonder <laughs> why you want to go into the bank to do your work <laughs> that's what I, I, i'm resisting uh, online stuff as much as i can uh, i'd rather go into the bank and just you know talk to someone human uh, instead of talk to a machine or type you know uh, in the modern world, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I must be a sign I'm getting old. Yeah, I think we're all, it's a sign we're all getting old. <laughs> Get off my lawn, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, obviously, these, you know, we do want to know that we're secure, but um, anything that can make that easier for the end user, because I'm, I'm with you, Nick, you know, getting into my... I've got a, a fairly simple banking app and it verifies with uh, Face ID or, a you know, um, eight-digit code. But even then, you know, it's it's still a fag. It's, you know, and then you want to do something. Can you enter your password and can you do this? And it's, oh, I need more drag. Uh, there we go. So, um, yeah, DNA something. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it you? Yeah, here's my DNA. Here's my DNA. <laughs> now shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, right. This this one's created a bit of a stir as well. Um, new EU common charger regulations may force Apple to adopt USB-C over the lightning cable. Uh, now, this is all over the place. Um, I've, I've got a link here to uh, News Landed. Um, but there's plenty of people shouting about it. Um, Apple resisted it, um, obviously, and said that if you, uh, you know, made them change their uh, their charging, this would cause a load of e-waste as people had to throw away their old stuff, which that's a bit disingenuous, that one. I'm afraid for once I'm not on Apple's side on that. Um, I mean, the, the existing EU legislation forced people to at least standardise on the power bricks that go into the wall. Um, so, you know, you can take a Samsung charger and you can use it to charge your iPhone by using, you know, because they're all based on USB. Um, and that was a big step forward. Now, the EU are saying people weren't, you know, did not move as far forward with that as they'd like, um, which is which is fair enough, because there are still various types of um, bricks, aren't there? You know, you've got your sort of 1.2 and then you've got your 2.4 and, and whatever the other one is, 5 something. Um, but if you think back before the EU uh, introduced that legislation in the first place, every damn phone had a different charger. Uh, literally, you know, yeah. even if you had a Nokia, if you had a Nokia 6110 that had a different charger, often with a different plug and a different wall wart to another Nokia phone, and they were nearly all hardwired. I mean, one of the big things this legislation did was pretty much make everybody go for um, a USB, you know, transformer that you plug into the micro. wall. It was micro USB, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But even if it's not micro USB, it, it doesn't really matter because the, the power bricks themselves are interchangeable, aren't they? As long as you've got the right cable, you can yes. 
you know, you can take somebody's Samsung charger or a Huawei charger and stick a USB cable into it. Um, and whether the tip I'm of that is micro USB or lightning or whatever is kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I'm surprised that Apple are still pushing on with lightning. I would have thought that by now they would have replaced it with USB-C. It would make sense, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, as it says here, you know, um, this would apply for wired and wireless chargers. Pretty much all devices are now adopting USB-C, uh, including keyboards, mice, laptops, Android phones, etc. Even Apple has adopted USB-C on many devices, such as the iPod Pro and its Macs. However, the iPhone and iPads, you know, continue to use lightning. Um, well, I've got a couple of things that uh, work off USB-C, and it's great because you can just plug it in with one, one cable. You know, just use the one cable. Um, I've got a pair of headphones, uh, Bluetooth ones, and they're USB-C. Um, it, it means you. It would mean you could actually stop selling uh, phones or any kind of device with uh, chargers. Yeah, you've got. We've all got tons and tons of chargers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've all got every tons device of... we've bought. Um, I've lost track of many Apple well I mean uh, I've got. I mean my my Apple Watch right like, but my Apple Watch Zero mm. came with a, a, a plug I have to admit uh, a very natty one with the pins folded down mm. so that uh, which is like oh I wish all you know, <laughs> I wish all bleeding USB charge plugs were like that with folding down pins that would be nice um, however my my three my Apple Watch 3 simply came with a short uh, USB cable with the magnetic um, induction charger on the end. No plug. I, th I think Apple's resistance is simply down to the fact that it was their idea, their, their invention, their yes. design. I mean, and we don't not want to budge uh, or admit that we've made a mistake. Um, I don't think that they made a mistake. I think at the time, lightning was I the right thing to do. No. Um uh, I, can, I can understand them going for. I can understand them wanting to hold on to their proprietary connections. I just think that it would make. It's not like USB C's um, a far worse connector. You know what I mean? No. It's not like USB C's will cause things not to work properly or. No, not at all. I mean. But it's Apple being Apple, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the Lightning cable, you know, was a bloody revelation when it came out because i mean if you look at usb mini and usb micro you know they're yeah. not reversible um i mean it's it particularly strong no they're not it says <laughs> the reason the eu might take this drastic move is not just to make it easier on consumers there's widespread concern regarding the wasting wastage of charger cables uh, along with other electronic waste it is well known that lightning cables are thrown out by the millions every year uh, and that's a little bit one-sided because i can assure you i throw away just as many bloody U micro usb cables that have broken as i do lightning cables the truth is yeah. the cables are bloody disposables they don't last mm. and i don't i refuse right, right. to buy apple's 20 odd quid cable yeah. i buy mine off amazon a dozen for you know a dozen for 15 quid or something because they're no worse <laughs> The ones I, you I pay find, 20 quid for. I find Apple's lightning cables are pretty awful. They tend to break very quickly. Yeah. When I say very quickly, I mean, within a year, you probably have to replace it. Whereas if you buy a third-party one, they're generally better made. Mm. Um, but, I mean, if you think back, I mean, if you think what you've got just now, I've got a, I've got a, an Ericsson uh, charger for an old Ericsson phone. That was a non-standard one. I've got the Apple, original Apple iPod uh, plug. I've got lightning cables, USB-C cables, USB-A cable. Uh, 
to go down to one cable that fits all, we've got to do it. And yeah. Apple has to do it. it I, I think it's going to have to come. And mm. at the minute... I think it's partly down to the fact that they were trying to bring out their wireless charger. And this was going to be the replacement for the lightning uh, No, I'm still, not, I'm still not sold on that. I'm really not, not sold, sold on not. that at all. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why a cable is still a better solution. Um, and I'd be quite happy with USB-C. Um, I'm sorry, this bit here about, you know, cables being chucked out by the millions, it's not going to make any difference. They would just be chucking away broken USB-C cables. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a yeah. kind of spurious comment. However, um, if if we had, a you know, a common standard of, you know, here's a, this this charger be whatever you know whoever made it will charge anybody's phone we've already pretty much got that because everybody uses usb uh, power bricks so what we're then saying is can we all standardize please on one cable one charge cable and, 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 and also standard go on, sorry. Carry on, carry on. Uh, i was just going to say and the fact is uh, quite a few of us now so i've got uh, um, a series 2 watch and um uh and iPhone 11, um, which I never plug in. <laughs> so, we, I mean, we are m moving to a point where they, they all charge. Um, okay, there is a cable taking it the power, um, but but I never plug that in or plug it out because it, it, I've got one of these sort of uh, double chargers. Um, so it never gets plugged uh, unplugged. It's always plugged in. Um, yeah. And and the more uh, the more chi powered stuff that Apple does, the less cables we're going to need anyway. <laughs> There is, yeah, there is that, yeah. Um, well, I mean, sorry, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that you know, you, you, what you were saying there about you don't plug it in or you know, take it, you unplug it and plug it in all, all the time, uh, that, that's, that means it's not going to get worn down and broken. Yeah, um, true. That's a lot of the problems with the Apple stuff, is if you keep plugging and unplugging, they eventually break at the, the neck. Um, I, I would have thought, right, if they're going to standardise in one type of cable, also standardise in the build quality. You know, say this has your your device, your cable has to um, comply to this standard, and it should last X, Y, Z amount of years, and not you know break after a year or so. Um, that would help as well. Because uh, yeah, Apple, Apple cables are sensible, pretty. Guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, don't come on. Too. Now you're bringing common sense into it. Don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I know, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Um, yeah. I, I, we need to get away from this throwaway stuff. Mm, you're I right, mean, we do. At the moment, I do. You have to treat cables though as disposable, you know, consumable mm. products because they don't last. And they should start recycling all this stuff. Yeah, because oh, these broken cables will end up in the bin, uh, yeah. landfill. Yeah, so they should be able true. to recycle those as well. Apple's supposed to be great at recycling stuff and making things that are recyclable. Why not cables as well? They'd probably have a deluge if they took cables with them. Yeah. Oh dear. So there we go. Um, I'm not sure because I haven't bothered to read in full depth the whole you know thing of this uh, of this. Uh, whether or not it's actually going to compel everybody to use USB-C, I don't know, because there was a lot of talk about it when they introduced it in the first place, and what they actually mandated last time was that, you know, the power bricks themselves should be, you know, based on a, a common standard, which is what we now have, and that was a big step forward. Uh, whether or not, And again, it's quite likely that Apple could get around it by simply um, including a dongle in you know in the box so something that puts you know you plug your USB-C into one end and the other end is a lightning tip and you stick that into your iPhone and away you go um 
But there we are. I, I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't mind. I would not feel robbed if Apple were to change over to USB-C. I, USB-C, I have to admit, is probably the, the first time that, you know, we had a sensible USB cable. Um, you know, it's, it's reversible. It, carries lot, it can carry lots of uh, info and so on. Um, it's, you know, it's a good standard cable, and I, I don't but really a, see a problem with it. There's not two standards to USB-C, though. There's a um, uh, there's USB-C. There's USB-C, and there's one that has the much Well, then, then there's also Thunderbolt. There's Thunderbolt. That's it. That's which the uses the same plug, but that's not actually uh-huh. USB-C. Um, there is a certain amount of confusion in that. I um, can't remember who it was. I was listening to, um, I was listening to a podcast, and... Somebody was on there and they were saying that they'd started buying their, all their cables in different colours so that, um, you know, they bought all, the, all their Thunderbolt cables were red and all their USB-C cables were blue, for example. Um, so that you, Because that is the biggest problem, that, uh, you know, that there's a USB-C cable and then there's a Thunderbolt capable cable which looks exactly the same if you don't know oh. the difference. There we are. Um, there's always something. Uh, Thunderbolt can connect to USB-C. Yes, it can. Um, another short story. Uh, Apple have sh- shuttered its Chinese stores um, due to the coronavirus um, in China. Um, apparently, along with McDonald's and somebody else, uh, they've they've all agreed to shut their stores down in order to uh, try and prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Um, I've seen some people saying this is going to hurt them financially. I don't really see that. Um, I'm pretty sure that Apple would consider that. Um, I think they can afford to absorb that. A, I think they can afford it, and B, I, I really can't see it's going. You know, I'm pretty sure at the moment, uh, people in China would rather feel that um you know the coronavirus is being dealt with um as effectively as possible um mm. rather than worrying about the, whether the, they the, nip to the apple store the pictures that you see i mean there aren't many people on the streets anyway so no, uh, no the place you know the <laughs> if there's no customers unsurprisingly you know i mean china is you know you well it's hard to say whether they're overreacting or not i mean it's a you know it's a serious situation and you know the chinese have done all sorts of things cut down flights shut down um you know shut down railways shut down all sorts of you know buses have shut down yeah. all sorts of things i mean they've acted they, pretty responsibly really i mean you can't they, really fault what what they've done no i mean you have to say you know that they're taking it dead seriously when they effectively cancelled the chinese new year um yeah, that would be like that would be like in London, you know, the the government saying uh, New Year's Eve, nobody's allowed to gather in uh, Trafalgar Square due to, a, you know, um, quarantine rules. So, I mean, they Can are you taking actually it. See it ha- Could you actually see it happening here? I mean, I can't. No, it would I still be stupid that. enough to go. Yeah. No, but there you go. Um China can control their people. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, it has advantages as well as disadvantages. It does have some advantages as well as disadvantages. Also, of course, I think um, the Chinese, you know, it's not the first time they've had these sort of problems. I mean, they had SARS, they had avian flu. I think the Chinese are well aware of how um, how dangerous an epidemic can be. So, yeah. you know, if they say um, everybody stay at home, you know, the Chinese take that sent, you know, take that seriously. They yeah. not quite so. Um, shall we say bullheaded as some other people's can be? There we are. Um, mm. Apple has released iOS thirteen point three point one um, with privacy improvements and bug fixes. Um, and you told me uh, 
Jim, that that seems to have fixed your number corruption problem. Shh, don't speak too loudly. <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping it has fixed my um, Belgium number uh, problem. Yeah, that's good. Uh, at the moment, I'm, at the moment, it doesn't seem to be converting my phone numbers into uh, mm-hmm. Belgium. Well, that's good. good. Let's so hope that. Phone attacks, I'm not going to Belgium taxi. Yeah, let's hope it stays that way. Um, I didn't say anything in the you know the information you got about what uh, thirteen point three point one was doing. Um, I couldn't see anything to say you know what that was fixing, but yeah, you know, hopefully that is. Well, that's because Apple yeah, tends Apple. not to say very much. What's it say here? Um, yeah. The full uh, release note says um, fixes an issue in communication limits which could allow a contact to be added without entering the screen time passcode. Um, Addresses an image in mail which could cause remote images to load even if load remote images is turned off. Um, Fixes an issue which could cause multiple undo dialogues to appear in mail. Um, Resolves an issue where push notifications would fail to be delivered over Wi-Fi. Um, Introduces the support for Indian English Siri voices on the HomePod. Ah, also believed to fix cellular issues plaguing iPhone XR users in the United Kingdom on the O2 network. Now, this is something we talked about before, and I've not had an issue. Um, Maybe I'm just lucky, because I've not apparently had an issue with, um, you know, my O2 network. Yeah, I'm not sure which network uh, Virgin Mobile uses, because they piggyback, they're not an actual network. No, they're a virtual network provider, aren't they? I don't know who they use. um, No, I don't know, actually. One thing I've noticed recently, and I wonder if there's anything to do with this, uh, address an issue with mail. Uh, I've noticed that Spark, which is the app I use for my mail, has started, and it's it's only on the iPad for some strange reason. Uh, It's sending all my mail to Spark. Um, and at first, when you open Spam up, there's nothing there. You do a refresh, and you drag it down to refresh, and all of a sudden, it populates with all my good emails, including uh, some Spam. And I've got to move all them back into the inbox. I'm, I wonder if that's part of the problem. I'm hope, hoping it's not, but it's mm. a very weird thing that's happened since 13.3.1. It's, it's not a big deal. It's, it's not as if it's, you know, I'm losing it, the, the messages. I can, you know, recover them easily enough, but it's just a bit of a pain. Yeah, very strange. Um, very strange indeed. Of course, that could be something to do with Spark's spam filtering. Who, who would, mm. I don't know. The only way you would be able to check that, I guess, is to try getting your mail with another app, be yeah. it Apple's Mail or, or something else. Well, I still have the Apple Mail app on the, the, the phone anyway. I don't have it on the iPad, but I've got it on the phone. Um, but sometimes when you try and, you know, like, Send a link to someone. It'll automatically open up mail only. Uh, yeah, there. that is a that it will only default. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. No, you can't change the defaults on iOS. Um, but it certainly seems at the moment it seems to fix the problem I've been having. Well, that's good. That's good. Let's hope it stays that way, shall we? Hope so. Um, yeah. Right. Um, I tell you what. I need a cup of tea. There's no, there's no Nemo again because uh, I believe he's in, uh, I believe he's in Los Angeles, isn't he, or somewhere at the moment? He posted a picture in the Slack of uh, where he's on holiday at the moment. Um, I'm just hoping the, I'm just hoping the, the picture isn't a, a sign of his weight because that uh, bank at back, uh, balcony looked rather bent. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the panoramic that made it look <laughs> bent, but yeah, I have, yeah. I've seen pictures of Nemo. I think he's far from overweight. If anything, he looks like he could do with eating a few more pies. Anyway, there we go. (laughs) Right, so let's uh, 
let's just stop while we fresh our cup of tea and uh, we'll be back in a second. And we're back, having refreshed our beverages, and we're going to move on to a couple more stories. Um, we've got one here. Did Johnny Ive jump or was he pushed? Um, this is on Znet. Um, now I'm not sure. Was he? You know, did he jump? Was he pushed? Who know? Who knows? I'm not really sure that I care very much whether he was jumped. You know, whether he jumped or was he pushed out. Um, however, unsurprisingly, now it's been a while since he's um, officially left. Um, people are starting to. It's always a question. It's always a question that's asked, isn't it? I mean, uh, even when uh, when I was working, um, uh, quite often people would move on, and it would be, you know, to uh, further their career or what? What's the euphemism they use? Uh, to spend more time with the children. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and you never, you never quite know whether it, it was one or the other. The surprising thing it has actually lasted the length of time because most designers move on after a couple of years. If you take the car industry as an example, there's a huge yeah. turnover of designers. Um, I, I think he had a lot more power than most designers have, though, didn't he? Yeah. Over what being being Steve's friend, as it were. Yes. I had a feeling he was doing less and less. And more of his design team is doing a lot of the work. I think that's true. Too. Yeah, he's probably more involved with uh, airship more. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that he spent most of sorry. yeah mother most of the last few years working on the on the campus. Um, yeah. The, the only thing I can hope for is now they've got a fresh team that you know doing work, and they'll actually stop this. Like we've mentioned already, things were getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Yeah, I mean... Um, come back to more sensible designs and... Uh, I think... Engineering. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those. I don't want to, you know, I've seen some pieces basically trying to, you know, stick the knife into his back. Now he's gone mm. by, on various sites. And um, I saw a fairly um, aggressive piece sort of, um, you know kind of saying now johnny's gone we can discuss his failings kind of thing and it was a bit like is that necessary really do we need to no. stick no. the knife into him um sure you know we know he, he designed and you know brought forward some fabulous products and some of his products didn't pan out so well i I, I admit that you know I think the obsession with thinness started to become a problem, and yeah, it's like look, there's a point at which we don't need it any bloody thinner. Um, you know I'm with I'm with um or a smaller because yeah. everyone got too small eventually. It was too small. Yeah, I I could never get my head around why we had to have thin edges on the. I think that was the the ultimate vanity was the mm. thin thin edges. Oh, I can't say it. Thin edges on the iMac. Yes, I just thought it was just totally unnecessary. That is one. That is one that both I and uh, Guy Searle and I think even Tim Robertson have brought up. You know what? What possible benefit is there to squeezing your, you know, your iMac down to a wafer thin mint? There, there's nothing. You gain nothing at all. 
Um, in fact, it's to a large extent to the detriment of the machine. Um, yeah, got to some lost structural uh, rigidity. And, well, yeah. yeah, and then you get problems with you know thermal flow inside the machine and. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be don't work. soldered down to the motherboard, and you can't get into the damn machine. Is it, you know, it, it for a desktop, you know, for a laptop, I can understand it. You know, people want mm. thinner, lighter laptops. Um, Another, the other problem was it was um, not serviceable as well. Exactly. You, went from a, you could change the battery at one time, now you can't. Yeah. Um, so I think it's not it's not fully away yet. I mean it's still it's still as far as I know he's still involved to the degree through his new company. Well he's he's um, a sort of special consultant, I believe, which mm -hmm. I have to say sounds a bit like a polite term. I mean I have seen a few people comment that if he wasn't Johnny Ive, he may well have mm -hmm. been shoved out a little more uh, unceremoniously, as it were. Um the only thing you can say is that now Apple can turn around and say, no, we're not going to do your design. Uh, yeah, exactly. He was the guy who said that was it. And, uh, I think, was the board. I now, think now that is a large part of it, Jim. And, you know, now yeah, they can a... they can ask him mm -hmm. to put forward, uh, you know, a design proposal or whatever, and, the you know, the design studio at Apple can put forward a, a, a design proposal or whatever, but mm -hmm. now Apple, you know, have the option to say, yeah, that's very nice, Johnny, but you know, I'm not sure that's what we're looking for. Um, whereas yeah. before, he he had so much clout, almost too much clout, really. In the end, um, there was nobody to tell him no. After Steve was gone, who was there to say no? Yeah. Having said all of that, um, there's no doubt that his his direction forced uh, amazing innovation in the engineering part of the company. Oh yeah. Um, that's what I'm uh, saying. Uh, and do you know what I mean? He, he he's he, he may have been a little obsessed by thinness, but the fact is, it drove some absolutely incredible products uh, because the engineering had to live up to it. The engineering had to find ways of of cooling things down when they got almost no space to work. Oh yeah, with. I don't. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I, I think I think like many things, um, it, it's easy to focus on the end of an era when maybe you know Johnny was less driven less committed um more distracted whatever um and say you know some of these later products maybe somebody should have said to him are you sure this is a good idea but let's face it you know johnny spearheaded you know the the, the macbook air concept now you go into you know you go into pc world and you show me um a laptop that doesn't basically look like a copy of a macbook air yeah, um true it was the best days for, you know, the Steve Jobs days because the two worked to get against each other. They could, they, they could bounce ideas off each other and, uh, you know, come up with clever ideas. I mean, Apple was renowned for not just the external design, but the internal design. Design, you know, doing things inside the, the, the device that you wouldn't even see. Yes. Uh, when Steve dies, possibly he lost a wee bit of, you know, um, there wasn't anyone there to say no to him. No, exactly. Um, so it'd be interesting. I would love to know what was the last thing he worked on design-wise, and it'd be interesting to see what uh, the new team... Wasn't it the, uh, wasn't it the um, campus? Yeah, the campus yeah, is I'm, what he's... I'm talking about devices. What was the last oh, thing Oh, devices, right. It'd be yeah, interesting yeah. to see what the new team comes up with. Um, and will they be as meticulous? In the... And I, I think we've probably seen, I suspect, 
that the last, you know, and I'm only guessing here, but I suspect probably the last device that he was heavily in, in, influential in was probably the the MacBook, the you know, the birth of the butterfly keyboard. Um, I don't think it was the, the home, is it the, what do you call it, the HomePod? The no, no, I, no, I, you don't I, think I, don't, it's I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a Johnny Ive product. Uh, I could be wrong, of course. I mean, I just think that he probably had less and less yeah, involvement. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? I, I would say that the the new Mac Pro is a post Johnny creation. Um, and the Mac Pro, yeah, the Mac Pro, yeah, right, right. yeah, not not, and not the, the iMac MacBook as well. And the new MacBook is a post Johnny thing because they've said, right, we're going back to a scissor switch. We're, you know, we're increasing the thickness a little bit. We're doing this. We're doing that. Um, mm. That does that doesn't mean that. Yeah, I'm, I know what you're saying. I, I just I believe that it still doesn't mean that his influence isn't still there. Oh no, the, don't in the way they design laptops. I I suspect that you know over the it's years going to be there quite a long time. I think he's. <laughs> Yeah, his influence is going to be there for a long time. I mean, a lot of the things that he pioneered, you know, unibody, you know, uh, laptop bodies milled out of the chunk of aluminium, um, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, the rumours are that the next iPhone is going to be um, more like the iPhone 4, so um, square-sided, flat. um, Do you think Apple's days of being inventive past them no no i don't i just i think um i'm pretty sure they've got some stuff you know deep in their works which apple being apple are not going to tell anybody about until they until they feel they're ready to do it um do you think they'll still be as courageous with some of the design choices i think part of the problem they've got you know i mean i'm not talking about new pieces of kit because Mm. who knows what's coming there but certainly with um the existing equipment um there's an awful uh, you're pretty restricted to what you can do aren't you you can only yes. really tinker at the edges because mm. basically it's going to be the sh- same shape or size uh, uh, uh roughly yes it um, is as every other device of its kind and um, um i mean i've read in the past that the iphone from its very inception there were kind of two teams working on um ideas for its construction and the two the two the two different teams one um was the design which you know was the first iphone and the style which you know has appeared through most of the iphone's life which is you know rounded edges uh effectively a a metal you know unibody with uh, the internals in it and then the glass on the on the front um you know regardless of uh, antenna brakes or glass panels on the back for signal, um, you know, uh, transparency yeah. or whatever. And the other design was the sandwich design, which, you know, was the iPhone 4, which is right. um, a frame, a square-edged frame with two panels of glass, effectively, um, which is, you know, and I always liked the iPhone 4. Um, at the time, you know, it was it was heavier yeah, and it I was like thicker. Um, and I, I remember when I first saw concepts of it, I would I didn't like it. But when I actually got one in my hand, I really did like it. I think quite possibly I two of the comfortable. No, I, two of the phones I found I liked the most. I think were probably the four and the five. Um, I would have, I, would, I would say it was a much more a much more substantial phone. You know, yes, the feel in the hands. 
It was a, it was a much stronger looking uh, feeling device than the current phones are. Yeah. So anyway, the, the rumours are the, the that the next phones are too fragile. Yeah. Um. Again, almost you know thinness for the sake of thinness. Um. There we are. So there we go. Whether whether he you know whether he was eased out or whether he actually decided to leave, I don't know. Um. Good uh, luck, Johnny. I'm sure you don't need it with you. Five hundred yeah. million. Yeah, I'm sure is. with his 500 million quid um, that he's, you know, bailed out with. Um, and you'll still be earning money off them. Yeah. Um, he'll, be getting, he'll still be a... He'll still be a is, he, is he still a board member? Is he just going completely? No, no, he's he's now, you know, he's... Um, he's completely gone. He's no he's, longer an employee. No, he's no longer employed by sure. Apple. He has his own... Uh, yeah. Hello, or was it? No, Love From. That's it. Love, Love From is his company. Uh, so there we go. Uh, there we are. Um, I... So who, who, just one, one question. Who is now the design chief? They have two. They have two people, uh, mm-hmm. one in charge of the hardware and one in charge of the software, um, who were both promoted, I believe, to senior vice president. Um, right, because uh, he was doing the design of the software as well. Yes. That's when it all became very white and plain. And... Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm, it's one of those. I'm, I, I'm not going to say I'm sad that he's gone, but I'm not. Mm not like cheering in the aisles either. I think it's, it. you know, he had a good run and mm-hmm. I think probably it was just time. It's time for, a, you know, some fresh blood, some fresh thinking. Um, yeah, we won't get that. The, uh, the wee video was introducing the product for him doing his <laughs> wonderful speeches. And... No, he was very good at that, I must admit. For somebody who was incredibly um, shy, he always was very good at that. There we are. Mm. Um, no, I think it's... Pro- <sighs> Everything has its time, and I suspect yep. if, if you're Johnny, from Johnny's point of view, I would say, you know, do you not start to suffer from design fatigue when you've been working on the same mm. thing for year after year after year, just constantly iterating? For somebody who is, you yes, know, I'm sure you, yeah. a theoretical designer, as it were, does it not become just bloody tedious to some mm. extent? And I could imagine that. I could imagine that you would begin to become bored of it all and want to do something different. So, um, and, and like everything uh, doesn't everything doesn't last. Uh, at some point, you would have gone anyway. Yeah. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is gone. Tim Cook will be gone. It's just a natural process. It's just just the way things go, isn't it? Yeah, um, time to move on. Time to move on. I think. Yeah. So there we are. Mm. Um. What else? Patently Apple. I've had a piece here. Um, Apple invention details prescription lens system for future head-mounted display device. Um, I won't go into it in great depth, but basically they're suggesting that a head-mounted um, display um, in the in the diagrams it looks something like uh, you know the PlayStation VR or um, Oculus type device should have. Um, should have room for prescription lenses to be inserted for those of us who have eye problems. Um, it makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. It's not, um, I mean, this is definitely not, uh, you know, AR glasses we're talking about here. It is most distinctly a head-mounted display um, and it seems basically uh, eminently sensible that they're saying there should be a layer available where you can insert, um, a, you know, removable prescription lenses um, and that the machine would be able to then adjust 
accordingly. Um, not it's a, lot to a say bit about like that. the Oculus Go. A little bit like the Oculus Go. You can you can buy prescription lenses. Right. To right. go inside the Oculus Go. Mm. So yeah, this would appear to be almost uh, suggesting some sort of cartridge or um, you know insertable yeah. frame, and that, that obviously you could, then you could have different ones for different users, and the machine would be able to know um, by barcode or other um, data. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, how to adjust for that? There we are. Um, a comment. This is one we wanted to talk about, chaps. This is one that uh, we're all interested in. Uh, there's a comment here on Nine to Five Mac. I don't think subscription apps are a sustainable business model. Um, so, uh, what do we think about yeah, that? I've been having a little. Yeah, I've been having a little read through it, and I tend to agree his premise really. So. Basically, what he's saying is the idea of, of a subscription app makes a lot of sense to the developers uh, because of the regular the regularity of their income. I agree with that entirely. Um, but what he's pointing is if you had to have a subscription for every app, then you'd be paying out actually quite a lot of money um, over, over the year and or over a number of years, probably far more than you would have done had you been paying for the odd piece of software to be updated occasionally um and i think there is a danger that if you're not careful you're um you're jumping on that bandwagon simply because it seems like the most convenient thing to do um i heard carl complaining about fantastical who are apparently yep. going towards a subscription model and he said after all it's a calendar yes um, and I, I i must admit i had some sympathies with the, with his thoughts there um uh it doesn't work for every app, I don't think. Um, no, this, um, this is if, the thing. As you say, if, if we're paying 3 or $4 for every app that you use, yeah, yeah it would soon get very, very expensive. Um, yeah. There's, 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 I mean, it, it gets to the point where the, it's like TV just now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got my TV license. I've got a screen to Amazon. I've got uh, Netflix. So not only paying the TV license, I'm paying you know, like 18, 20 quid a month extra on top of that. Yes. That's just to see two two shows that I want to see because they're not available on you know the, the old-fashioned channels. And so if you add that on to subscriptions for apps, various apps, uh, it's getting expensive. It, I, I, suppose that, I suppose that's where setup comes in and where you're paying a subscription and you're getting a load of apps. Uh, in some ways, yeah. in some ways, I think setup is a good um, middle yeah, ground. So it's in a some good ways, deal. yeah, yeah. If you're going to buy individual uh, apps and services and have to pay for it, it's getting beyond the joke price wise. Uh, well, I mean, if you, if you just think about the kind of things that most people might use, so you might want Office, for instance. So you pay a subscription mm. for that, um, and you might want um, oh. Uh, one of the ones we use for church is a, is a software piece of software called Proclaim that has a monthly subscription on it as well. That's about $20 a month, I think. Um, it's a multiple user license, but it you know, it all mounts up, as you say. If you um, were able to actually just step in and step out as and when you need the app. Yes, I think, I mean, I think that, I think part of, I think part of the answer is, um, is that if, if, if it is possible to just mm. stop subscribing when you don't want to use it anymore, yeah. then yeah. that's not so bad. I mean, Netflix, for instance, there were, for a little while, um, I hadn't got a Netflix subscription because there was nothing I wanted to watch. Mm. So I just let it lapse. And uh, and now I am subscribing again because there are a few more things I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think perhaps over time, uh, people will get used to the fact that they can subscribe and unsubscribe. I think we're still 
is very much of the mindset that if we subscribe to something, then we should do that forever, as it yeah. were. Um, and you, you might be right. It might be that uh, in the future... Saskatchewan can backfire on a, a developer. Um, if you, you know, just take it as Adobe, for example. Um, I'm one of the one of a you know another folk who've come to see my opinion. I'm not willing to pay uh, Adobe a subscription just to use Lightroom. Uh, so we've all looked at alternatives of you know any kind of photo app which you can buy right. Okay, each year there's an upgrade. So like O N one, there's a yearly upgrade, and that costs you money. Okay, I suppose in a way that's a subscription. Um, but you don't have to buy it. Keep well, that's, I was going to say yeah, that, that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. right? Um, if you, you stop can... using Lightroom, if you stop subscribing to Lightroom, you lose everything, I think. Well, uh, like if you've got the photographer's package, the one that's mm. about a tenner a month, you, um, Adobe, don't completely shut you off. Right. You, you can continue to run the app as a sort of a viewer. So you can look at your uh, libraries and whatnot, but you can't edit anything. Um, but even so, you're kind of beholden to Adobe. I mean, they, 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 at some point, they could just pull that if they wanted. Um, it, it's a little bit like, though, isn't it? it? It's a little bit like having, I mean, and some people do this, having a subscription uh, to buy a phone. Yeah. Um, that might be fine, but in the next year, all the updates there might, might be things that you'll never use. But if you're doing in which case, that, you're still paying that monthly amount going forward, even though you may not actually like the updates that they've made or, or, or make use of the updates that they've made. But in that, in that case, if you're doing that with a phone, the end of the day, you still own that phone. You either have to pay off you know, the final payment to retain that phone. Yes. Uh, whereas subscriptions... They just go on indefinitely. Yeah. Well, you, you either pay indefinitely or you lose everything whenever you start paying. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean, yeah. But it, it boils down to the, the end of the day, it's cost. If you're paying a five or a your per app, on, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of money. And I think more and more. I think more and more, though, people, our lives are, are very much led by these sort mm. of things. I mean, I think it's over 80% will now own a car. Mm. Uh, on a lease of some kind, either a PCP or a PCH. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are used to paying out things monthly, and we know yeah. that you know you work out whether you can afford that or not. It's just that I suppose the question is, do we want all our software to go that way? And I don't think I do. No, I think there are some things for which it works, um, and there are some things for which it works in certain circumstances. I mean, I've said it before, you know. Whether I really approve of the um, Adobe subscription model, it suits, uh, you know, the bosses of my company uh, far more to have a monthly subscription for the creative suite. Yes, um, it makes budgeting more e- easier you know, for a start, it, it, doesn't it? it? You know, from their point of view, it, it's a, a fixed monthly outgoing. They can control it. Um, whereas before, obviously, you would have to pay out a large sum of money and then, you know, when the next upgrade came around, it would be a case of, do we need to take this upgrade or not? How many people can, you know, need to, need to have access to this software? Um, yeah. But that's... Adding that, on a monthly basis as well, adding that cost into your customer's um, requirements, as it were. Yes. It's and... easier, isn't it? You can no, just, you and... can, it's more granular. A, a, you know, a creative suite, um, you know, when the creative suite was something you purchased, um, you know, let's say we've got three users in our studio 
actually sort of three to four. Um, every time an upgrade came around, you'd be looking at finding sort of three to four grand um, yeah. out of your budget. So I understand why for companies. Also, of course, as a company, that is simply um, an ongoing cost from which, you know, you use to generate revenue. So mm-hmm. it's a different matter when you're talking about a company subscribing to a software suite than an individual because most individuals are not recouping any of that cost at all it's just an outgoing Um, having said that i don't begrudge the subscriptions that i currently pay no Um, no but 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 i've been i've chosen those particular items and said made that value proposition i've actually said is it worth me paying this much a month for this particular feature or this particular service um uh, uh, Whereas, if anything was that way, that would be a much more difficult decision. Yeah, uh, uh, it just boils down to the fact that, uh, not the fact, it boils down to what that service gives you. If, yeah. it's, if it's something like a TV channel, uh, you can dive in and dive out. You're not losing anything if you don't, don't actually subscribe. If it's software, when it changes because it might be something that's essential to you but has become too expensive for you to actually you know, keep, keep subscribing to. Yeah. Um, if you've got like, images, uh, if you can't afford the subscription, we'll have to see your images. It's a, it's a funny a funny area. I mean, I was critical of, um, when I heard about Fantastic Old 3 Glade subscription, my initial reaction was, oh no, not another subscription. Mm. Um, and you probably saw in the Slack group, the Slack room, you know, my comments about it. Having, you know, got, you know, I've got it updated. I've looked at what the, the subscription is. Uh, okay, I, I've got the advantage of having bought the previous apps and we're getting a little bit extra as a as a previous customer. Um, but I think with with, with the likes of uh, Fantastical, you get enough in the free version to keep you going. Yeah. If 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 the if the other apps allowed you to at least you know, have some say say you like the Lightroom, you didn't want to subscribe. Well, if they left you with a, a kind of light version of it, which still allows you to access your photographs and maybe do very very minor alterations, great. You're not being handicapped. Uh, in a way, I think Fantastical is not too bad. What they're charged for is stuff I absolutely wouldn't use. I I'm have to say, there, there was a lot of... They, they copped a lot of flack when they announced it, but yeah, um, yeah. when I looked into it, they have... Bearing in mind that it was never a cheap app to buy in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they have said if you're a previous user, even if you don't take up the subscription, you will continue to be able to use a lot of the features of Fantastical 2 going mm-hmm. forward. Um, and as you say, they're also offering a fairly reasonable amount of um, functionality on the free level. And mm-hmm. um, I guess that's kind of the that's the area where I feel happier with it, where... Uh, a, um, a developer will say, "Here is a here is the kind of free version of this app, and it provides basic functionality, and you can have that, right? You can have that for nothing. But if you want, you know, other level, I don't know, shared calendars, yeah, multiple users, um, I don't know, tie-ins with Office and blah blah blah, lots mm. of other features, then mm. you can, you know, subscribe. And whether there is one or two levels of subscription or whatever, that is." Mm. I find that's a different proposition. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the trouble is there is potential, isn't there, for, for really annoying all your customers. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking back to Dropbox and their decision to only allow three connected devices. Mm-hmm. 
um, that, uh, 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 people aren't talking about it anymore, but I'm guessing people are finding it just as annoying as they ever did. <laughs> that um, was a. Uh, that okay, Dropbox was free. Yeah. So, so that, that's I, a different thing in some ways. But I think that I, although it was slightly annoying and they caught a lot of flack for it, to mm. be fair, I, you know, Dropbox offer you a pretty good service for free. Um, yeah, they do. They do. And I, I, think, I, I, just think, I just think sometimes if you're not careful, you end up trying to monetize yes. stuff that has very I, little value. Or, I think, I think. Or, where... or, 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 you monetize, or you end up trying to monetize something that's fairly core. It, mm. it depends on the on the company, doesn't it? And how, how well I, they balance I kind of free. I, yeah, I think I kind of understand Dropbox's point. I suspect their point was, you know, we're being a bit too generous here and people are making far too much of use of the free service. And, you know, we're not converting enough of them into subscribers for extra features. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I think they'd have done themselves a little less damage if they'd said, OK, those of you who have been subscribers, you know, or users, not subscribe, uh, users for a long time, the devices, you know, if you, the devices more than three that you have. I mean, I think I had five devices logged into Dropbox, many of which I very rarely use. So it wasn't actually that important. But if they'd said, OK, you know, those of you who are already using, you know, we'll kind of grandfather those in. But going yeah. forward, you know, it, the limit is three devices on the free plan. Um, I think a lot of people who'd been using Dropbox for a long time and maybe had five, six, seven devices on there found themselves becoming very annoyed. Then again, I also yeah. kind of see if you're giving something to somebody for basically nothing, there's not a, it's yeah. not it's it's not unfair to say, look, there's a limit on what you can have for free before you have to start giving That's us some true. money. Because running Dropbox doesn't cost nothing, does it? Mm-hmm. You know. No, um, and I, I think that, I think the vast majority of us understand uh, what well, anyone anyone sensible who thinks about it anyway that that companies have to make money, otherwise they won't be there, and well, then we can't I, have the services anyway. Exactly. I, I I just feel it. I mean, to to summarise the whole discussion, really, uh, I think we all agree that subscriptions work some of the time. Yeah, uh, and we. What what we hope is that companies will use their common sense, um, as it seems Fantastical have done. Yes, in offering I mean, uh, like a, a free tier or or a reduced cost tier, perhaps. Yes, there, there, I mean there uh, is for a, those who don't need all the functionality. There is a free version which appears. You know, I'm not a Fantastical user, but when I looked at it, what they appeared to be offering to you know anybody who wanted to use Fantastical on the free version um, was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like Proton VPN and, and Proton Mail. There's a free level. Um, I used the free level for a while. Um, and I decided to move up to a paid one so that I could, you know, have more devices and more options of what servers I use and so mm. on. But yeah. if you're a single user, you know, the Proton VPN is a bloody brilliant deal for the, uh, the free service. It's yeah. just limited. I think it's limited to one device at a time. So, you know... Um, I think the answer is if they give you, you know, if, if the subscription should give you something extra over the, the basic version. Um, it's this, but we're, uh, it's either either or. You, you either pay the money and get all the services, or if you don't pay, you don't get anything. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the apps seem to kind of hold you to ransom now. Um, if you want this, that, you know, Anything by the bit, bare minimum, you've got to pay money. It's, it's like all these games and things in that part, you see, and stuff. Um, 
well, games are another yeah. thing entirely, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could talk for hours about yeah. games as well. But. Personally, I'd rather just buy the software outright. And if I, if I get this, if it's an upgrade next year and it's a paid upgrade, I can decide whether to take it or not. Uh, if I don't take it, well, as long as, as long as my computer and the operating system can run that software, then I'd rather just stick with it. Mm. Um, but it's this subscription, you know, it, it does get it. The biggest issue with subscriptions is how many there are. Yeah. And um, I mean, as you were saying earlier, you can have TV subscriptions. Yeah, if you've got games consoles, they can have subscriptions. Um, almost everything really has subscriptions these days. Mm. And we all have, you know, a, 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 an income, which we've got to make everything fit into. Mm. Um, so, yeah, think carefully where writers, when you want to make when you want Yeah, to make I think that is, the, that is the thing. And, it, it, you know, the other, uh, you know, the other kind of uh, side of that is when, yeah, when you're looking at something which is a subscription, not only is there a value proposition, but also, you know, it, often it's worth thinking or examining, can I get the same or very similar functionality elsewhere yes. without a subscription? You know, do, do, do you really need Microsoft Office or will LibreOffice do the job for you? Um, you know, do you need to pay for one password or will, um, you know, will LastPass do what you need for free? Um, oh. well, the likes of like the likes of one password, um, they, they tried that that uh, line of you, know, you, you could go for the subscription and get all the updates and stuff like that. Uh, but you can still buy the the, the apps outright, and I've I've tended to stick with it. You know, I'll buy my one password uh, rather than go the subscription, and I've resisted that. Maybe maybe it's just something to do with the fact that that you know, I'm just an old guy who. <laughs> used to... grow up in this kind of what yeah well that is the thing i mean you know it could um, it could just be that we are from an, that, yeah yeah but, it could just be that we're from a period when yeah. you know you expected but, to buy your software and and that was yeah. that um but the likes of one password i think if they had forced the issue i think it, i think it boils down to the company and themselves how they how a how they they they, they, they tell people you know like a fantastic or the way they had you know told you what they're going to do the first reaction was oh no you know um, a lot of it did boils down to how they actually go about telling you what the changes are going to be, um, it can sort of backfire or not. Um, and I've lost it just to, just to what I was going to say. Um, the least of one password, if they, if, if they finally go down the road that you have to do the subscription, I'll be saying cheerio and I'll be going to summon someone else because I'm not willing to pay each month no. for it. Uh, there we go. I don't know. It, 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 it's just getting the stage where there's too many things you've got to pay monthly for. Yeah, and that's exactly what this article was saying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the fact that they end up over time. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't, it's not that we inherently against subscriptions. It's that yeah. you only have a, 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 an amount of money that you can spend each month. And mm-hmm. when you get to that point, you either stop or you start going into debt. And if you, if you, if you lose your job and your money dries up, you can't afford yes. it. So you lose all your stuff. You've got no redress. Yep. Yes, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we are. Right. Well, we've gone on for some time, so I'm just going to uh, mention a couple more and then we'll wrap it up, I think. Um, security and privacy. Uh, the well-known um, uh, antivirus uh, company Avast 
uh, have been exposed uh, that they were passing your web browsing data to a subsidiary known as JumpShot, which was then selling all your uh, browsing data. Um, once this has been exposed, by the way, Avast has shuttered JumpShot, um, saying it's not consistent with their um, company's uh, kind of uh, mission statement. Funny how it was all right until you got caught, chaps. That's all I have to say about that. Um, well, they actually saying to us that they didn't know themselves. Which makes you wonder about the company. Yeah, really. I'm pretty sure. Well, they're selling data to another company, um, you know, mm. and then what they're going to say, we didn't know they were selling it. What were they doing with it? No, I'm mm. sorry. I don't, that doesn't wash. Um, yeah. There we are. Um, talking about uh, privacy and uh, security, um, I have, uh, I was approached actually by um, this company, Pixel Privacy. Uh, learn how to protect your online privacy the easy way. Um, and this is a website slash blog um, at pixelprivacy.com. Um, and I'm going to give them the worth a chirp shout out. It's a fabulous resource. I've been there. It is a really, really good um, resource. I've put a link actually on our website because uh, I'm fully, uh, you know, support this. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get the, the chap to come on the show and talk to us um, if he's willing. But uh, it's worth checking out. It's pixelprivacy.com. Um, I've also uh, cross-posted one of these uh, articles to the website. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge resource. They've got article after article about things you can do to protect yourself online. So there yeah, you go. An, an example, uh, the visual guide to making your Facebook profile private again. Yep, that's brilliant. Absolutely that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I cross-posted an article for him. Browser fingerprinting, what is it and what should you do about it? From the Pixel Privacy uh -huh. blog. Uh Fingerprinting, of course, being something that Dougie and I uh, discussed in the past. Um, there we go. I, I, I can't, I really can't praise it highly enough, to be honest. It's well worth a look. Um, and just a snippet to wrap it up. Um, world's largest flying aircraft, the Airlander 10, has just become bigger. Um, the Airlander 10, of course, being where uh, Ivor Pope uh, spends his time working. Um, My and... word, that's a big aircraft. It is big, and they've made it 5% bigger. Um, they've just pumped it up a bit more. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, it, it's a good article. It's 20 feet long. Yeah, it's, uh, it is from Business Insider, who we're not necessarily particularly keen on, but it's a piece about the Airlander 10. Um, the Airlander 10 being, of course, a modern hybrid um, airship. Um, <laughs> it's been nicknamed the Flying Bum. Yes, <laughs> yes, because uh, if you look at the front of it, it has a, a crease down the front. It does look like a bum. Which yes. looks a bit like a bottom. <laughs> but um, there we go. I, I've, uh, you know, has been on the show and talked about it in the past. Um, I believe they're hoping to, you know, commercialise it in the next few years. Um, and they're cool. also working on getting it to run on electric engines and uh, solar power and various other. Um, I believe they say that the, you could carry cargo with it for 90% less em emissions than a, um, you know. What's an exciting field to work in. It is, indeed. So there you go. Right, well, I think we've witted on quite long enough. So uh, I think we'll wrap it up now, shall we, chaps? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, Nick, as per ever... Uh, yes, you can uh, find me on uh, Twitter very occasionally, um, Splegosh, S-P-L-O-S-H, and occasionally you can hear me over on Bots, Let's Talk Apple too. 
And uh, Jim? Uh, just the usual. Uh, find me in the Slack group. Um, you can find me on Flickr as the SRPS paint shop. And also, um, I look after the uh, Flickr group. It's a central Apple Flickr group as well. Jolly good. So, there we are. I am, of course, on the Flickers as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, don't forget we have an Amazon affiliate link if you want to buy stuff on Amazon and let us have a few pennies kickback. That won't cost you anything. We just get a few pennies from Amazon for sending you there. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you for everybody who uh, promotes the show by telling people about it and so on. And that reminds me I need to go and uh, get the feedback. We had some feedback from a new listener, uh, Stephen Welton, who is a new listener. And he says, sometimes you just strike lucky with a podcast. I was going to write in anyway, and then I saw that you have a competition, so I thought it might be nice to sing your praises and have a chance to maybe win some software. So, I only just discovered your podcast, and I have subscribed. I'm 20-plus years UK Apple user, in fact, maybe longer, like 25 from the G3 days. I have nurtured my wife and kids on all Apple kit ever since. I'm looking forward to listening to the archives and many thanks and I hope I can win some Boinks Photo Magico goodness. So thanks for that, uh, Stephen. I've entered you into the draw. Um, uh, like anybody else, uh, you know, email in and you can get a chance to enter the draw as well for the Boinks Photo Magico for iPad. And I think that will probably do for today. So until next time, goodbye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. My gal pals, Elisa, Susie, and Vicky, the three geeky ladies, told me to remind you that they will release a new podcast each month. So, check them out at 3 or subscribe in iTunes. The Three Geeky Ladies, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.